Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. When I first discovered that Jesus is the Messiah, I was living a life devoted to the Mosaic Law. I had not always lived that way, but at this stage in my life, I was trying to be repentant and obedient to God. Now, I'm not saying this to encourage you to do the same. I'm only saying this in order to say that I know what this is like, at least to the extent where I feel comfortable in saying that I've been there, I've done that, and I know that there is value there, but I also know that there's a lot of emptiness there. I also know that there are a lot of promises that people make or that people believe and that those promises will always be unfulfilled. I know that as well. And so I have deep convictions concerning the Old Covenant and concerning the New Covenant. And when I encountered the New Covenant, as it was described by the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 31, I did have a few concerns when it came to this covenant. Because if I was going to embrace the New Covenant, then to me I would have to let go of the Old Covenant. And to let go of the Old Covenant was a serious matter for me because I believed that my God would bless me if I was obedient to his law. And I also believed that he would curse me if I was disobedient to his law. And so on that basis, I was very concerned. I had reason to be concerned. And I understand that there are many people who are living this way today, that they are very concerned about embracing what they know is the new covenant because they are afraid of missing out on blessings that they think that they would be able to obtain or they are afraid that they are going to be cursed by God. And so there are some legitimate concerns, and I do believe that these do need to be addressed. But in this program, what I would like to address is the fact that the Old Covenant is considered to be an everlasting covenant. If that's the case, then under what circumstances could we possibly let it go? If it is an everlasting covenant, if it is an eternal covenant, then there should be no circumstance that we would put it aside. This is the type of struggle that I experienced, and I have encountered many people over the years who have struggled with this issue also, and I know that there are people today who are still struggling with this, and people will probably continue to struggle with this throughout the rest of time that our Lord allows us to have here on this earth. I don't believe I'm going to resolve this matter right here and right now, but I do want to address the issue. I do want to address the subject. Now, in Jeremiah chapter 31, beginning in verse 31, it says, Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and on their heart I will write it, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. 
They will not teach again each man his neighbor and each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. Now, in other programs, I've talked about this covenant, and I've talked about this passage in the scriptures in the context of the complete forgiveness of sins that we have. But again, in this program, I would really like to focus on the everlasting nature of the covenant, the two covenants, because there are two covenants here. There is the old covenant and there is the new covenant. And when the Lord gave the old covenant, he did say that the old covenant was going to be an everlasting covenant. For example, in Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, beginning in verse 9, it says, Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousand generation with those who love him and keep his commandments. But he repays those who hate him to their faces to destroy them. He will not delay with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. Therefore you shall keep the commandment and the statutes and the judgments which I am commanding you today to do them. This is one example of God describing the Old Covenant as an everlasting covenant. This was also revealed in the Psalms. In Psalm 89, verses 30 to 34, this is Psalm 89, beginning in verse 30, it says, If his sons forsake my law and do not walk in my judgments, if they violate my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with a rod and their iniquity with stripes. But I will not break off my loving kindness from him, nor deal falsely in my faithfulness. My covenant I will not violate, nor will I alter the utterance of my lips. These are some very important passages in the scriptures. I do not discount these at all, and I do understand that our God described the Old Covenant as an everlasting covenant, something that the nation of Israel would be subject to throughout the entire time that we would be here on earth, that this is not something to take lightly. So how do I deal with this? How can I walk today outside of the old covenant and not feel guilty and not feel ashamed and not feel as though I am sinning when the old covenant was clearly presented in the context of an everlasting covenant? Well, the way that I deal with this, the way that I personally deal with this issue, is by understanding the reason why he gave the Old Covenant. There were several reasons that he gave the Old Covenant. The first reason is so that we could see that we could not be obedient to God, so that we would see that we would have a need for the mercy of God. It's a very important reason. The second reason that I believe he gave the Old Covenant was not to keep us from sinning, but instead was to stir up more sin in our lives. And I know many people find this very difficult to understand, but I believe that Paul's example that he gave about coveting when he wrote the book of Romans is a very simple example that people can understand. If you will consider that and realize that with that one example, the law stirs up sin, then I can say with a great deal of confidence that the purpose of the law was to give you more sin, was to stir up more sin in your life. And so if you would like to see an increase of sin in your life, the law will do that, and it will show you more and more the fact that you need the mercy of God. 
Now, these were not the only reasons why he gave the Old Covenant. He gave the Old Covenant in order to show us who he is in terms of his character, in terms of his being, and how he establishes what is right and wrong, what is good and evil, and how he can pass judgment on various matters. He also gave the Old Covenant so that he could foreshadow the coming of the Messiah. There were many laws that were given in the Old Covenant that foreshadow the coming of the Messiah from a prophetic point of view and also from a foreshadowing point of view in the sense of our new life that we now have in the New Covenant. For example, a prophetic inference that I could call a foreshadowing as well, a prophetic inference can be revealed through the Passover laws, that the laws of Passover were given in a way to show us how the Lord Jesus would provide salvation to humanity through being the perfect Passover lamb. If you were to compare the laws of Passover with the events that unfolded at the last week of the Lord Jesus' ministry, you can see that there were some prophetic inferences that were foreshadowed in the Old Covenant. If you were to consider the Sabbath law, especially as it was described by the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 4, that there is a rest that we now enter into because of what Jesus has already done for us, and we're able to do that every day. And he also said that we are to be sure that we do not fail to enter into that rest that was foreshadowed and explained through the use of the Sabbath law that was given in the Old Covenant. These are some very important reasons as to why the Old Covenant was given. And we need to understand these reasons, and we need to recognize these reasons. And when we do, there is something about this everlasting nature that can then take on new meaning to many of us. New meaning in the sense that it can still be used today for these purposes. The reason why I can say that is because the Old Covenant dealt with issues that are unrelated to the New Covenant. But I'll come back to that in just a minute. The reason why I can have confidence that the Old Covenant is an everlasting covenant between us and our God, today it is still in effect. The reason why I can say that with confidence and be thankful for that and know that I am still not violating it, the reason why I can say that is because I can use it today for the purpose of showing a person that they have a need for the mercy of God. I can use it today to show a person that they can have more sin in their life if they would like to have more sin in their life through trying to live in obedience to the law. I can use it today in order to show people the prophetic inferences in the Old Covenant to see how our God accomplished salvation for humanity. I can use it to describe foreshadowings that have now been revealed and the reality that we now live in because of what the Messiah has already done. And so in that context, it is an everlasting covenant, and it has not gone away. When people need more sin in their life, why would they need more sin in their life? Because they're so proud in believing that they don't sin. They need a little bit more sin in their life. So give them the law. Give them the law, and that will stir up within them a recognition that they have a need for the mercy of God. This can be used today for that purpose. All of these purposes that were given before the Lord Jesus came, died, and rose from the dead can still be used today. Now, in many of the programs that I have produced, I have summarized the Old Covenant as a covenant to address the issues of the flesh. That all of these issues that the Old Covenant deals with in terms of repentance, obedience, blessings, cursings, all of these things have to do 
with the issues of the flesh, and these are things that will eventually pass away. These are not permanent, everlasting things. His covenant can be described as a permanent, everlasting covenant because there are going to be people in the future who can also benefit from this covenant. In that context, its everlasting nature is perfect and functional. But the new covenant deals with other issues that are totally unrelated to the old covenant. The new covenant deals with the issues of the heart, deals with the issues of the spirit. And this is an everlasting covenant as well. It is an everlasting covenant in the sense that our God will always love us. He will always accept us. He will always teach us. He will always guide us. He will always reveal himself to us. He will continue to do so so that we may know who he is. This is different from the Old Covenant. There was never any promise, any blessing, any suggestion that through your obedience to the Old Covenant, you would know your God. There was never any hint of that, never any suggestion of that. That was what was offered through the New Covenant that was not offered under the Old. And so this is why both covenants can exist simultaneously and why they can be everlasting and why I am not afraid to say that the old covenant is an everlasting covenant and that the new covenant is also an everlasting covenant. Now, there are some differences and there is a point of separation. And that point of separation was described in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34, where he said that he would be able to institute the new covenant because he will forgive our iniquities. He will forgive our iniquities and our sin he will remember no more. That was a point of separation between the two. But just because there is a point of separation does not mean that the old covenant has to be disposed of. It doesn't mean that. It just means that it is put in its proper place. It is established. It is upheld for the purpose that our God gave it for. But in order to enter into the new covenant, you must rest in his forgiveness. It is his forgiveness that sets us free from the old covenant. So when I say that the old covenant is everlasting, it is everlasting, but not in the sense that a new believer or a believer in the Messiah or someone who has been born again by his spirit has to continue to try to live in obedience to it. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is is that the old covenant is everlasting for the lost and the new covenant is everlasting for the saved. And the point of deviation or the transition point when a person leaves one life to enter into another is this point of forgiveness. It is this point of forgiveness that sets a person free from the burdens of the old covenant so that they can live in the new. The reason why this is accomplished is because there is no sin that was left unforgiven when he died on the cross. That's why we have been set free from the law, because when there is no longer any sin that will be held against us, then there is no law that can have an influence or can have any effect or any overbearing aspect over our lives. There's no place for it 
anymore because of his forgiveness. And his forgiveness is eternal. It is everlasting. And that is why it is so important to rest in his forgiveness. Because if you do not rest in his forgiveness, then you are going to have to go back to the law. You're going to have to go back to the commandments. And what will happen then? You will have a need for more forgiveness because it's going to stir up some more sin in your heart. It's going to stir up sin either by giving you more things to think about doing that you never thought about doing to begin with. It will stir up within you every desire to commit sin. The natural rebellion of humanity that we struggle with, that rebellious nature that says, don't be telling me what to do. I want to be my own independent free person. I want to be my own God in my life. There are some people who respond to commandments, rules, regulations, and laws in this way. Not everybody, but people do that. But what happens if a person feels that they found a way to live in obedience to God? If they feel that they have found a way to live in obedience to God then what this means is is that they now have religious pride, and that is another form of sin. But the most deceptive nature of the sin that gets stirred up within us has to do with the fact that you will not be able to rest in his love for you. You will not be able to really embrace the love and acceptance that your God has for you. And when that is real, when that is real in a person's heart, When they really believe that their God is disgusted with them or rejects them or has turned his back on them, then they have no alternative but to turn to the world, to turn to sin, because that's all they've got left. If their God has turned away from them, then they have no alternative but to pursue sin. So that's the seriousness of this issue and why we must understand the everlasting nature of both the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, and to understand the point of separation or the point of transition when we transition from one covenant to the other in our lives and embrace the New Covenant in an everlasting way. Okay, now there's another aspect that I would like to speak about concerning this, and that has to do with the nation of Israel. This is another point of view that I think is very important for people to understand. Now, from my perspective... I am a part of the nation of Israel. I am a Jew. I am of the tribe of Judah. That is my family lineage. goes all the way back to the tribe of Judah. If I am a member of the nation of Israel, if I have been born a Jew, I am by definition a member of the nation of Israel. And there's nothing I can do about that. That's just my circumstances in life. Since that is the case, I want you to understand that from my point of view, there is great risk involved in me looking at the two covenants in this way. For me, the risk is, am I going to be a part of the nation of Israel, or am I not going to be a part of the nation of Israel? Because when I look at the Old Covenant and I see that it is an everlasting covenant that defined the very existence of the nation of Israel and the way that the people who are a part of that nation are going to function and live together and how they are going to relate to one another in their society, if that is the way that the nation of Israel was defined, then if I put that aside in my own life and I begin to embrace and walk in the new covenant, then what is going to happen between myself and others who have not embraced the new covenant? Now, the answer to this question is very simple, and that is that I will be cut off from the nation of Israel. 
That's the answer. I will be cut off from the nation of Israel. This is what you need to see and realize, and that is that the people who were defined as a people, the nation that was defined as a nation, requires people to live a life devoted to the Mosaic Law. And if you fail to do so, then you are going to be cut off from that nation. You are not going to participate or have any part in that nation at all. Now, when the Lord our God presented the new covenant to the nation of Israel, he gave the nation of Israel an opportunity to embrace this covenant. However, most of the people who were a part of the nation of Israel were not willing to surrender to the new covenant that he established. So there are two things that happened. First of all, the people who did surrender to the new covenant, the people who embraced the Messiah when he came, those people are the nation of Israel from a prophetical point of view that we normally describe as spiritual Israel. But the second issue of this is that there were other people who were part of the nation of Israel who did not embrace the new covenant, who did not surrender to the new covenant. And are they no longer part of the nation of Israel? They are. I really do believe that they are, but we normally describe them as physical Israel, the nation of Israel according to the flesh, according to the Old Covenant. And I sincerely believe that there are many prophetic passages in the Scriptures that refer to those people who are part of the nation of Israel who were not willing to embrace the Messiah for who he is, and that he has not abandoned them. I do not believe that our God has abandoned them in any way whatsoever. And I do not believe that our God has turned away from them to suggest that they are no longer to be identified as Israel, just as I do not believe that he is ever going to turn away from the others who turn to him and who are also recognized as the nation of Israel. It's just that there is a division between those who are living according to the Old Covenant and those who are living according to the New Covenant, that there is a separation between the two. And I had to make a choice. Am I willing to let go of my position in the physical nation of Israel? Am I willing to do that? Because if I acknowledge that he has forgiven me, by default, I am going to be separated from the nation of Israel as a bare minimum from a sacrificial point of view, that I can no longer participate in the sacrifices and offerings that were described in the law. I can no longer participate in those things, because to do so would be to suggest that my sins are still held against me. But because they are not, I am not able to fulfill all of the commandments, those with regards to sin. So I had to make a choice with regards to being separated from the nation that I was a part of. The Gentiles had no opportunity to experience this because they were never a part of the nation of Israel anyway. They were never a part of the nation of Israel. They had never been given the law. And so for those of you who have not experienced a life being a part of the nation of Israel, for those of you who have not experienced a life trying to be devoted to obedience to the Mosaic law, for those of you who have never experienced this, there is nothing to really let go of because you were never really a part of something that you had to dispose of or let go of or abandon. That's not something that you ever had to deal with. The commandments were never given to the Gentile nations. The commandments were only given to the Israelites 
to the Israelite people in order to define their society and in order to use them as an example. They were chosen as an example to show the nature of humanity and the fact that we have a need for a Messiah. And the Messiah was provided through them, not only for them, but also for the rest of the world. And so the Gentiles have an opportunity to enter in to the new covenant, but the Gentiles never really had an opportunity to enter into the old, which is fine. They have laws of their own, and those laws can be used in the same way to demonstrate to them that they have a need for the mercy of God. They don't need the law of Moses for that. They can use their own laws. You can use the law of Hammurabi for that. You don't need a lot of laws in order to make that clear. The result can still be the same. And the way that our God described this through the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans was to say that there is the tree, and the Messiah is the tree. And the nation of Israel were once the branches of this tree, but they were broken off. Even though they were broken off, they can still be grafted back in if they will embrace the new covenant. In a similar way, the Gentiles can be grafted in to the true vine, to this tree, which is the Messiah. But unfortunately, what many Gentiles think that they're supposed to do is be grafted in to the broken branches, to be grafted into the physical Israel, not to the spiritual Israel that our God has defined according to the New Covenant. And this has been an issue that has made it very difficult for people when it comes to what role or what place does the Old Covenant have in our lives. Well, for the Gentile, it never had a place. It never had a role. It wasn't given to the Gentiles for any reason whatsoever. But if you have a need to have more sin in your life, then you can certainly embrace it if you would like, and it will stir up lots of sin within you, either the sin of the indulgence of the flesh or the sin of religious pride. Either way, you can go ahead and pursue that if you would like. But I would personally discourage you from doing so because I know that a Gentile or anyone for that matter, even a Jew who has never had a religious life, a Jew who has never really been a part of rabbinical Judaism, for example. They don't have to go do that. They can just turn right to the New Covenant, right from where they are, and they can begin to walk in the newness of life, beginning with the forgiveness of sins and recognizing that their God loves and accepts them perfectly. That you can start from there without having to bury yourself under the law first. So from an everlasting point of view, yes, the Old Covenant was given as an everlasting covenant. And the New Covenant was also given as an everlasting covenant. They are both everlasting. They both are functional today. They are both in existence today. Although I do believe that when our God says that this world is finished, that the Old Covenant will pass away because the Old Covenant can only be functional in the world that we have. The Old Covenant requires various things that this world provides. It requires the flesh. But when the revelation of heaven truly comes and is fulfilled in its fullness to those of us who have received him for who he is, the new covenant will be all that remains from an everlasting point of view into eternity. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to 
Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80937. Or use the donation link on our website, livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Thank you,